hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Thanks, Bill Haywatt, and happy 2022, my friend, and to you as well, worthy listener. I remain Mark Hershon, your every other weekly host of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, where we usually feature snippets from, well, comedy soundcasts, and tell you where you can go find them for yourself in their entirety. We also occasionally do interviews, and I may have one of those next time I hold court here in the old succotashery, but today I'm clipping a crop of clips for you, as the title suggests, and I'm coming to you from my plush, new, all-electric mobile studio, Studio MX-30. I just got Mazda's first EV car, and it's pretty cool. I'm actually parked in the middle of the night at a charging station while I'm recording this, so if you hear any weird clicks and hums, that's the Succotash mobile studio chowing down in the background. Before I get to the lush harvest of soundcastery in store for you, let me shake the reminder tree to see if you caught our last installment, Epi 286, curated by this show's alternating host, Tyson Saner. Shame on you if you missed it, because it was chock full of fun, with clips from the likes of Soundcast, The Dave Hill Good Time Hour, Depression Mode, and Multiverse of Badness. That sode is still up where you can grab it from all of Soundcasting's major distribution points, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Audible, YouTube, and of course, on our very own home site, SuckatashShow.com. As for this week's episode, I've got a few Soundcasts that have been around for a bit, and I've clipped a preview of a brand new show that doesn't start until next week. Those shows are namely Legal Geeks, Wiz World Live, Muriel's Murders, and Dear Earth, I'm Really Sorry. Henderson's Pants is taking a week off of sponsoring us this week to make way for an old fake sponsor who first got started with us back in our first year of doing business. It's investment barrister, Mike DK. All right, before I get into the regular clips, I've got a bit of a bonus clip for you. Just before Christmas for Succotash Epi 284, if you were around then, I chatted up Dr. London Smith and his producer Cameron Clark from the Jock Doc podcast the day before I had appeared as a guest on their show and was interviewed as Dr. Andrew Minutia, an amateur expert in nanotechnology. Well, that episode just dropped this last week, and here's a few minutes from that encounter. Uh, I think the, there might be confusion in that when... We're talking to you, Dr. Smith. There, mm-hmm. we're referring to you. It's a title for you, and it's a name for me. So that may be the confusion factor. So, okay. So, Cameron, you didn't. It's you didn't misspell doctor. Then I don't. How did he? How did he spell it? I spelled it D A U G H K T E R. I get. I don't blame you. I get that a lot. It's actually simply D O K T E R. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, is this- it is. It, some people will abbreviate it to D R period, and it's just. I mean, it's not my title. I'm not. A, I'm not a doctor. Okay. But, but I am a doctor, in that that's my name. I 
I guess just as a little side question, do you get that kind of misspelling like Cameron did whenever you go to coffee shops, whatever? I've gotten something like that. Um, he had more vowels than I'm used to seeing, okay. but it seemed very, uh, very close. Um, okay. Sometimes people will spell daughter and they'll think that's my name too, which was very close to Cameron's spelling. So yeah, that's okay. just what I assumed it, it was because most doctors are daughters. Yes. Yeah. Is that true? I, I think so. Where, that sounds like a that sounds like a, I'm not sure where you're getting that statistic. From, okay. But. Well, he's, he does, he's pouring over his stats today. So you might be all in your head, Cameron. Mm, yeah. We got a lot of demographics that we're reading over. Uh, but, but anyway, um, so uh, Dr. Minutia, um, yes. can you tell us about yourself? Why, why are you here on the show? Yes. Uh, well, I've got a new book out. I'm a, I'm a nanotechnologist. Okay. Wow. Uh, am, oh. Amateur. Uh, oh, and the, okay. Yeah. I guess. Okay, so for our listeners, he did the uh, air quotes, air, air quotes. quotes, yeah, for for yeah. amateur, which I don't, I don't know what that means, really, because yeah, is that is that mean you're actually professional? <laughs> it's sort of, how do I explain this? I I do the air quotes with my uh, my coworkers, mm-hmm. um, just because they recognize that as being oh, he's now being his nanotechnology person, as opposed to his grocery stock. Oh person which is not okay where i'm oh. talking to them so you sort of live in two different worlds you've got your mm-hmm. nanotech life and then you've got your sounds like grocery yes. stock they're actually it's very very close together um which is makes it convenient makes yeah. it very convenient oh yeah but uh yeah so i'm a, a amateur i i'm not uh, professionally trained but uh, I just have a keen interest in nanotechnology and always have ever since I was a child. Oh, you have a keen interest in, are, is this just you reading about it or are you actually, what are you doing that you consider? Well, it started out as sort of the philosophical side of nanotechnology. Sure. Um, but then it just, it's, there, there's no way not to get drawn into the technical part of it. The philosophical side is whether or not like, nanobots should be in me for me there is no question they should be we all we all should have nanobots inside of us it will make life much much easier but i understand that there's some you know concern and consternation around that so you know i i usually approach the subject very cautiously with people uh but but that aside as i said you just you kind of can't um, at least I couldn't resist the allure of being drawn into the actual technical side of making nanotechnology work and creating uh, elements of the technology to experiment on myself and, and friends. So have you made nanobots? Like you have working nanobots? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. What are they- yeah, I, was, I was for a second thinking you were just like a researcher or something, but... It sounds like, I mean, you have, you have some in your body right now. You're using yourself as your, sort of your own test subject. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't be fair for me to go, you know, I, I tried to get a deal with the local prison system, but they just kind of oh. booted me out. They said, no, I don't think the world's ready for this yet. You can catch the rest of the episode, plus the rest of their past shows, over at jockdocpodcast.com. And of course, keep up with the doctor on pretty much every Soundcast platform, you can think of.
Weirdly enough, nanobots play into this next clip I'm about to play too. It's from a brand new show, so new in fact it doesn't begin dropping until next week on January 20th. I got a lovely note from the creator, Amy Thorstenson, telling me about it. It reads as such, Hi Mark, I hope you've been weathering the strange times all right since we last corresponded in 2019. Succotash featured a trailer of my comedy sci-fi podcast, Cosmic Love, a few years ago, so I wanted to reach out and let you know I have a new pod coming out this month called Dear Earth, I'm Really Sorry. It's a story about two siblings, an incompetent brother and a Frankenstein sister, who take over the family laboratory after their father, the greatest mad scientist on Earth, disappears. The first episode will launch on 1-2022. I've attached the trailer, and you can find the press kit and press versions of the first four episodes. I had a ton, uh, We had a ton of talented writers on the show, including two of Hollywood Blacklist's screenwriters, and some incredible voice actors as well, including Matt Young from Hello from the Magic Tavern, which we've featured here on Succotash, of course, a couple of times. So I can't wait to share this new podcast with the world, unquote. Thanks, Amy. She sent along some of the earlier episodes so I could get a listen, and I figured, well, why should I be the only one to be so lucky? I reached out and asked if we could play a clip before the show's official launch, and she replied, sure, why not? This show is meant to be heard. So without further ado, here's a snippet from Epi 1 of Dear Earth, I'm Really Sorry. Welcome to the Teddy Show, Ethel. Appearing on television is a stain on my eternal soul, but someone needs to speak up against Amazing Labs. Charming. Now, Joshua, come back over here and sit down. Surely you don't believe that a harmless nature club... Nature cult? ...is responsible for your father's demise? Didn't the police determine that he perished at the hands of a jar-opening robot? When they found him, all that remained was a blood-stained lab coat and an open jar of pickles. It was a setup. Mr. Twisty Wrists was framed. One might ask why Mr. Twisty Wrists, a perversion of the miracle of life, was even necessary to open something that should be stored in a burlap sack like nature intended. First you kill my father, and then you insult pickle jars? Josh, Ethel, please. We're not here to open a forensic investigation, nor to debate the merits of canning technology. Josh, do you have any evidence that nature's children was involved in your father's death? I would if the FBI would let me use our genetically engineered super bloodhounds. Then let's leave this matter to the authorities and get on to the topic at hand. I brought you both on the show tonight to discuss Dr. Amazing's final and most incredible invention, tiny robots that cure cancer. They're called nanobots, Teddy, and they're the greatest invention of all time. What marvels has nature's children created, huh, besides smelly, wet pickle sacks? Creating, as you call it, is not the domain of mankind. What right do we have to meddle in the natural cycle of life and death and fermentation? So you're pro-cancer, then? You love cancer? What I love is not being infected with thousands of nanobots against my will. Why should we trust these mechanical parasites? Nobody knows how they work. I know how they work. Please, explain it to us. Well, somebody knows how they work. My dad knew how they work. And now he's dead. How inconvenient. Look, the nanobots would never hurt anyone. My dad invented them. He's perfect. I mean, they're perfect. The nanobots are perfect. Right. Well, per perhaps you could tell us just how Dr. Amazing conceived of such a life-changing miracle. Unfortunately, Teddy, the nanobots' origin is an amazing family secret. But what I can tell you is that they get stronger every day. 
Only six months after my father first implanted them in a few test patients, the nanobots have now spread from the greater Wauwatosa metro area to every single human on the planet. They want to learn. They want to fight cancer. Isn't that cool? They're so cool. Even if Dr. Amazing knew what he was doing, even if his inventions weren't sins against nature, why should we trust you? You're just some doofus who happens to be his son. An interesting point. Elaborate on that. You're worse than evil. You're incompetent. You'll always be in your father's shadow. Like a tiny prehistoric shrew quivering in the shadow of a dinosaur? <laughs> I'm not a shrew. I have lots of ideas for new inventions. Inventions that are way better than curing cancer. Oh, of course you do, little shrew. Hey, shrew you! Come on, Josh, just a tiny int for the audience. The suspense has given me wrinkles. He doesn't have any ideas. I do so. Then give us one example. One invention that measures up to your father's work. The seat bolt. I'm sorry, what was that ghastly collection of phonemes? The seat bolt. Ugh, you guys made me mess up the whole thing. I wasn't going to announce this until I practiced it in the mirror a little more. Like, maybe next week, but... Fine. <clears throat> Mankind has cured many diseases in its time. Cholera, polio, and now cancer. But there is still one blight that has plagued humanity since the invention of the automobile over a century ago. I have finally cured car accidents. No, 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 no. Don't applaud that. What do you mean you've cured car accidents? Internal combustion is the spark of the devil. Josh, what do you mean you've cured car accidents? I've invented a new device that activates on the moment of impact and can save millions of lives. I call it the seat bolt. Now, I'm quite sure the seat belt has already been invented. Not the seat belt. The seat bolt. Bolt. It's a bubble made from cutting-edge plastic and helium that deploys at the first sign of trouble, launching the driver away from their vehicle to safety. Launching them? To safety. It also comes with onboard Bluetooth speakers, a customizable air freshener, and an espresso machine. There's a tender tidbit, a taste, a morsel, if you will, from the debut episode of Dear Earth, I'm Really Sorry. Listen for it dropping next week, wherever you can find soundcasts that are streamed, and or downloaded. The true crime murder slash comedy soundcast is among the most popular genres these days and actually has been for a while. I don't know if you're a fan, but I do know that Nick Casolini doesn't get what the hoopla is all about. His other half, Muriel Montgomery, is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over the true crime thing. You may know them both from the soundcast Hella in Your 30s. While that show is still clanking along, they've started a new show this past year called Muriel's Murders. Muriel keeps finding famous and not-so-famous cases to try and blow her husband Nick's mind. Actually, I don't know if they're married. I know they're a couple, but uh, I, I guess I shouldn't have said husband. Maybe, I, oh, maybe let a cat out of the bag. I don't know. A recent episode entitled Dr. Boggle and Mrs. Chandler, The Confession, about a case set down under in Australia yielded the following snippet. This stretch of river was known for garbage dumping and peaking, people making out in cars. So mm -hmm. that's generally what you'd see around here. <laughs> High highs and low lows. High highs and low lows, right? Uh -huh. 
And although it was the middle of the summer in New South Wales, it had been unseasonably cold. So the mist from the night before was still evaporating in the sun. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> well, I wrote this, man. I know. I wrote it for you. You, you freaking nail it. You're nailing it. <laughs> I hate what's going to happen, obviously. All right. Keep going, please. So the boys were walking on the path down the river on their way to the Chatswood golf links to collect golf balls. That's mm-hmm. what they decided they needed to do. Was that their job or they just wanted to steal some golf balls? I think they just wanted to steal some golf balls. I've done that. That's fun. <laughs> Big fan. So on their way to the golf links, the boys stumbled on a man in a gray suit lying on the muddy bank of the Lane Cove River. A man? Yes. So glancing at the man's face, it had a slight bluish tint, uh-huh. but it really looked like if he was sleeping off a hangover. So the kids shrugged and they went on their way, right? But a couple hours later, when they were returning to go back home with their stolen golf balls, the man was still in the same position, face down on the ground. His skin is now a darker purplish color. And the kids decide, yikes, we should probably go for help. Yeah, he's dead. Police arrived just after 10 a.m. to find a baffling scene. The area stunk really drastically there were pools of diarrhea and vomit all around oh the dead man lay face down you know in the mud and grass near the bank of the river yeah now while he looked fully clothed investigators realized that the man was not actually wearing his gray suit instead it had been meticulously folded and draped over him underneath the suit when they lifted it up the man was naked except for a white dress shoes or white dress shirt uh-huh. and muddy shoes and socks. So no pants, no underwear, white dress sh- shirt, yeah. muddy shoes and socks. Okay. The last odd detail was between the shirt and the suit coat on the man's back was a soiled carpet square. And soiled were, with what? Just like an old dirty carpet okay. square. Okay. And there were no wounds anywhere on his body. And he's definitely dead. He's dead. dead. He's dead, dead. Nearby, a tan sedan was parked with a clarinet and a crayon drawing in the back seat. Do you want to see the drawing? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's a that's a good drawing. That must have been something that they took to the party to show off. Okay, so describe what you see. Well, the center the center thing is like a, a woman's face straight on but also has like a crazy profile and it looks like she's kind of shouting so like a picasso kind of right yeah it's sort of like the uh dimensions are weird or whatever there's sort of triangles involved it's it's very it's it's skilled and it's cool and then below it is a severed foot Uh uh-huh so like above the ankle you can see the leg coming up so it's like sawed off halfway up the shin with bone sticking out and that's below the face and then above the woman's face is a the same thing but with a hand a severed of, hand a severed hand and then above the wrist it's looks like it's been hacked off and you can see the bone coming out but the hand is like it's got a peaceful sort of chilling vibe to it you know what it reminds me of a little bit is man ray it, it, it looks like man ray i mean it also looks like you know what is it when david is the What's a famous uh, Sistine Chapel thing when the two fingers touch? David's touch. I don't know. I don't know. The God God thing. You know, the birth of humans. 
or whatever. That's the finger. The hand kind of has that vibe of sort of like a peaceful, sort of like little reaching kind of chill like vibe. And then on the bottom is a big, fat, beautiful signature that I'm guessing says Bogle. Yeah. Right, which would make sense because there's a clarinet in the car. Yeah. So this fool, was that his dead body? Yeah. That's the that's the Renaissance man headed for America. Yeah. Now dead on a muddy riverbank, surrounded by diarrhea and vomit. Yeah. That's actually part of a two-parter, that clip. So if you're finding your whistle wetted for some true crime hijinks, track down Muriel's murders or just head on over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and click on the link to their show through the blog entry for this episode. Our booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, was super excited to bring in what he thought was a big sponsor for the show back in the day. He said it was some high-powered barrister from England or South Africa or somewhere, and this was going to work out for the show, really bring in some advertising dollars. Well, the whole thing was handled through email. It seemed pretty sketchy to me, and now we've heard from this guy again, But and we're going to go ahead and play the spot. Bill did work really hard on it, and you can hear him trying to sound I don't know how he does this, but to try and actually sound younger here. This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Barrister Mike DK, specializing in Nigerian Code 419 investment strategies since the birth of the fax machine. Cherished friend, you have personally come to the attention of respected Nigerian barrister Mike DK, executive legal advisor to Dr. Jared Wadabibia, deceased senior vice president of a major Nigerian munitions firm. We have contacted you directly because you are a man able to proceed in only the strictest of confidence. Barrister DK wishes for you personally to transfer funds of his late employer into a United States bank account, a certified international bank draft in the sum of $17,359,000, two million of which will be yours upon the successful completion of this transaction. Pending receipt of your bank account number, social security number, and passwords, presented to us on your personal stationery. This amount will immediately be transferred to the account you specify. It's that simple. Due to the sensitive nature of this transaction, your trustworthiness are mostly urgent. That's the investment services of Barrister Mike DK, a trusted leader in Nigerian Code 419 investment strategies. And now, back to more of Succotash. We want to thank Mike DK for becoming a sponsor. Welcome to the show. Uh, some of you may have received his emails. Uh, he's very prolific, uh, one of the best internet advertisers around. He's a great marketer. But frankly, I don't think we'll be hearing from Mr. DK anymore. We'll see. For Bill's sake, I sure hope so. Now, I really like this next show. I, I like all the shows we feature, that I feature. I pick these clips myself, right? And Tyson picks his clips himself. Uh, but uh, I actually know this host personally. It's the first time we're actually clipping the show on Succotash, but it's not the first time that the host or at least the co-host for the show, Josh Gilliland, has been on Succotash. He was a drop-in guest for Epi 162 four years ago in January 2018. I can't believe it's already been four years during what was going to be this show's last ever installment. It was a live show during the annual San Francisco Sketchfest. Uh, because of the Omicron flare-up, my friends had to postpone this year's Sketchfest, by the way. It should be going on right now, but they are hoping to put it up later this year. Anyway, so uh, Josh showed up there, and uh, he is the co-host of Legal Geeks, where he and Jessica Menderson, both actual attorneys, examine hypothetical cases from science fiction movies, comic books, TV shows, and other worthy subjects. 
They recently dove into the privacy issues plaguing a young man named Peter Parker, as chronicled in the documentary Spider-Man No Way Home. Warning, there may be some spoilers in here for those who have not yet seen the movie. Well, let's talk about suing the Daily Bugle because... Ooh, what for? Uh, because before going to Doctor Strange, you really should talk to your lawyer more with like, hey, this guy just screwed up my life with an altered video that was from an anonymous source and outed a teenager. What checking did they do? Uh, there's some giant First Amendment now analysis to, to weigh in here. And I, let's just have some fun with this. Um, I know, because first of all, so let's talk about the altered video is tricky, um, right? Because the idea is, is that nobody knows that that's altered video, right? Because that was Mysterio. Yeah. Well, again, who's the anonymous source? You know, because that raises the question of who altered it? You know, because did Mysterio survive and alter it? Or did J. Jonah Jameson get a full copy and then edited what he wanted? Ah, because my thought was, you know, because we frequently have clients who want to sue for defamation, right? Because there's, I mean, I just had it in a construction litigation claim, you know, somebody complains and says, this is a crappy contract. And you're like, I want to sue for defamation. People, especially like you said, when it can impact their life or their businesses can be very defensive. Um, and, you know, I say, well, there's two issues, right? With defamation. One, at a time, you, you know, defamation is what you generally call everything that used to be called slander and libel written spoken generally requires publication to a third party. In other words, if I tell you, Josh, you're a horrible geek, that's not definition. But if I tell somebody else you're a horrible geek, that could be defamation, although it has to be a factual matter. And that's maybe just a matter of opinion. My real opinion, of course, is that you're an awesome geek. But, um, but it also then we always say, you know, the defense to defamation is the truth, right? but you have to be able to show the truth. So the part, like there's no defamation for outing him as Spider-Man. And I don't see how that's a misappropriation. Like there are, you know, like California, I know has misappropriated. Oh, okay. You already think about that. So tell me what you're thinking there. New York has some fun laws on this, mm. uh, but it turns into a privacy issue. And with uh, this really applies to Aunt May, MJ and Ned, but for a private individual suing a news organization. And Peter would fall into that because Peter Parker was never a public actor, uh, a public figure. Ooh, all right, we have to, we'll save that argument because I don't know that I agree with that, but we'll come back to that. We, we, can, we can get into that in just a moment, but because we're kind of jumping around with this. Yes. But the test for, in New York, the test for private individuals suing a news media outlet is, or like uh, what, a defamation or something, right? Yeah, okay. Well, no, it's they have a completely different standard. Oh, okay. Never seen before. Oh, all right. The issue is whether the news organization acted in a grossly irresponsible manner without due consideration for the standards of information gathering and dissemination ordinarily followed by reasonable parties by a preponderance of the evidence. So did Peter Parker suing, uh, and this, again, it's a lot easier for Aunt May and MJ, because they clearly right. public figures, but Peter wasn't a public figure. He never became one. That uh, was the point of wearing a mask, was to protect his identity. And we have, it's, it's like the Federalist Papers, publishing something anonymously so you don't get hung by the British 
people running around or uh, others who might throw bricks through windows who are anti-Federalists, all that good stuff. But again, we are dealing with, uh, it's not outright vigilanteism because it was partially government sanctioned uh, with him being part of the Sokovia Accords. So. But yeah, either way, I mean, I agree. Yes, he's trying to be anonymous, but there's a difference between being anonymous to write papers to not be attacked by basically the governing monarchy versus being anonymous. That's like me arguing, well, I was, you know, I wore a ski mask when I broke into several houses because I didn't want anybody to know who I was. (laughs) And and if we were just dealing with straight vigilanteism, I would agree, but we're not because he's an Avenger who was running around with Tony Stark, following, furthering government interests with going out to take uh, take on Captain America's Avengers, and in the the battle of New Battle Two of New York against Thanos's uh, minions, so he's his actions have been uh, follow the law of this. But world. still, I bet they would say like a General Schwarzkopf or General Powell are still public figures, even though they were operating as government officials. They're always doing something weird and cool, so check out Legal Geeks. One of the more recent episodes had them prosecuting some Jawas for ripping off belongings that were the property of one Mr. Boba Fett. So check check out Legal Geeks. Our final offering this episode was a show actually recommended to me by Dr. London Smith, who is featured in the first clip of this episode from the Chalk Doc podcast. That's right. Wiz World Live not only recently has moved into the soundcast realm, but they've been doing a video show for quite a while. Billed as, quote, Earth's only talk show by wizards for mortals, unquote, they say that each episode gives you a peek into the very magical world around you. The hosts, Amonis Franco and Summers Bane, are immortal, which must be what allows them to survive interviewing entities from across the multiverse. Our clip has them testing out the awesome powers of Tristan the Trivia Troll. As a troll, how did you amass this much knowledge about human trivia? Do you study? You know, you know, it's quite a, there's a lot of misconceptions about trolls. People think that we're, that we're uh, illiterate. People think that we are uh, uncultured and, uh, uh, in fact, it's just that we choose to cultivate different parts of ourselves. Now, you know, am I uh, am I the world's strongest troll? No, you know, you're not going to see me lifting a boulder over my head. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're not going to see that. Um, uh, I, you know, I was very I would say isolated in my youth. I did not make <coughs> I did not make friends in my. Oh, uh, I attended sorry. a human school. Um, And I, I, it was difficult for me to make friends there on account of, you know, the pustules and the the novels that are sort of normal for trolls, but, but human beings seem to find, I don't know, weird or offensive. Um, Especially children, you know, they they can be so insensitive. They can, they can, they, they really can. And so. Cruelest uh, creature in the universe. Child. I I got smart. I got smart and I Mm -hmm. resolved to crush them. Each and every one of them with my brain. Right. (laughs) Have you ever had the pleasure of beating an old classmate who wanted to cross your bridge? Yes, I have. Uh, very satisfying. Oh my goodness! Yes, uh, there was a uh, there was a boy uh, by the name of a uh, uh, Richard Feynman, later a later a Nobel Prize winning physicist, but uh, 
uh, we attended we attended the same school. We both were at uh, Brock's Science together. He was my mm -hmm. bully. He was my bully. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow, that's uh, you know you know that's kind of surprising, but also he does have kind of a bully energy. Oh, mm. absolutely! Uh, if you watch his talks, you know, it's a little overboard about how thrilled he is to explain particles as a, as a rubber band. Like, all right, man. I, absolutely. You know, and, and people people think he's this you know this great Nobel Prize winning physicist, quantum electrodynamics. Yeah. Well, guess what? Does he know? Uh, uh, does he know that Brahms' first symphony is uh, is actually is sometimes referred to as Beethoven's tenth? No, no, he didn't know that. You know what? Know and that. that's why he didn't get to cross my bridge. He had to go about seventy five feet down the stream to the to the unmanned bridge. Yeah, that, that's what, what he was did I, not cross at my bridge. That's what I was asking. Have you ever had somebody lose, try to cross, and you have to use force? Uh, yes, uh, I have, and I have been mercilessly beaten <laughs> multiple oh, no. times. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It, it's, do you have any kind of? Do you get like time off to recover after something like that? I, uh, I, you know, I will take a mental health day um, from uh, from time or a physical health day in the case mm -hmm. that someone with more physical strength just, you know, it is defeated by me or I, right. I say something snide about their appearance and then they they decide that attacking me is is acceptable. Um, you know, uh, but that's, that's why I make, that's, uh, you know, that's why, you know, my, my, uh, my, my best friend, uh, uh, is, uh, you know, he, he hexes people. So, you know, I go, I, okay. I, I get my revenge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, <laughs> yeah, one way or another, yeah. you can, you, you can cross our bridge. It's going to cost you. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so the, 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 the trip you've had for us so far is about, uh, FDR's presidency, Yes. And some Beethoven and Brown symphonic confusion. Uh, do you have do you have a, another example of maybe one trivia question that's a, a common one that sort of comes up? Oh yeah, there's there's sort of a canon, you know. So there's a lot of things that you, you have to know. You know, presidential birthplaces, presidential mm -hmm. death, you know, deaths. They want to know. You know, there it's always it's always sort of the same stuff. They're they're trying to be. Uh, they become a little bit more, you know, a little bit more inclusive lately. Here's a here's a that's fun good. one. Um, uh oh boy oh boy oh boy uh, uh what phrase was written on the back of the first penny issued by oh. the united states what oh. uh what what common what common phrase was on the back of the first penny issued by the united states me saved is me earned <laughs> that would be a genius thing to I put on the menu. <laughs> I love, I love that. Of course, do you know who uh, originated the phrase "a penny saved is a penny earned"? Well, that's um, poor Richard, which of course is Benjamin Franklin. Very, my, oh my! Uh, okay, someone's paying a bit of a bridge crosser. I've heard from Amonas via the socials that WizWorld Live will soon be returning with brand new installments, but in the meantime, check out their library of past episodes wherever you get your soundcasts. All right, let's do a quick dip into the tweet sack. Wish Tweety a happy new year. There you go, Tweety. Got some good stuff for me. A list of the fine folks who've called out at Succotash Show in their socials, perhaps. Let's do it. Matt Knudsen, Misfit Scully, Whack Brackets, Multiverse of Badness, Denise Davis, oh, Denise Davis-Smith, Fat Chunk Tunk, Filthy Hippie in Pajamas, Amazing Nerd Show, The Shiznit Show, Odd Dad Out, Jan Arden Pod, 
Quadfather MFT, Rough Giraffe Pod, Morning Neurosis, Nikolai's Kitchen, Sun Power Pod, Afterburn 739, St. Paul Filmcast, Listen Brilliant, Nook's Cranny, I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam, Shone Keir, I Am Just Heather, Phil Lairness, The D-Head Factor, Lady Killer's Film, Jordan Brady, Let's Chat Podcast, and Sensibly Cynical. All right, that's going to do it for Epi 287. Thanks for hanging out and catching some nifty clippies. We're available at the App Store and on Google Play. What the hell? Bill? Kenny? Who is responsible for that? Knock it off. We can't afford jingles and bumpers like that. Uh, Where was I? All right, wrapping it up. Hey, if you've been looking for my reviews as part of This Week in Comedy podcast over on Vulture.com so far in 2022, stand down. I heard from my excellent editor, Meg Wright, and there's a format change coming down where we'll just be doing that rundown once a month uh, with slightly longer reviews and uh, a little bit more uh, curating going on. So I think we're dropping the next column the very last week of January. So watch for that. Remember that Tyson Saner will be here next week with Epi 288 with some more soundcastery magic for you. And we're still taking your suggestions and comments for anything having to do with the show. Stuff you'd like to see or rather hear us do as we steam towards our 11th anniversary coming up this April. Pop a note to at Succotash Show in the socials with whatever hints or ideas you might want to hear on the show. Or you can email Tyson or Mark, that's me, M-I-R-C, at SuccotashShow.com. See you back here in a couple of weeks. I think that's going to be an interview. Let's see what happens. Thoughts and prayers for the friends and family of Bob Saget, who passed away much too young this past weekend, just after performing in Orlando, Florida. Just a reminder to keep in contact with those you hold dear or can even stand just a little bit. And please remember, if anyone asks if you've heard anything good lately, please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Urshaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye.
This has been a Succotash Patch production.